Alright, welcome back to KDJ Podcast, the upcoming podcast from the Poconos. I uh, want to thank all my listeners out there, our listeners, and uh, the topic of discussion today really hits home for probably 80% of our listeners today. It's uh, addiction. It's definitely a tough topic to talk about, and I'm really happy that we are talking about this today. Yeah, it's uh, so addiction is something that I've seen around me a lot. Um, I've struggled with it myself with alcohol. Uh, for years, I was drinking a bottle of whiskey a day, so that's my own personal demon right there. But uh, you know, I lost somebody I cared deeply about uh, last year to a heroin overdose, a family member, and um, you know, I, it's it's not just my story. It's a story for so many people. You know, whether they're struggling or they know somebody or care about somebody that's struggling, and oftentimes you'll lose them because they couldn't find their way out of it you know they couldn't find that savior that they were looking for to get out of that that struggle so i mean uh for myself on this topic uh it's uh very new and i'm excited because i think i'm going to learn a lot today um and for this topic today i am happy that we have our first guest for the show and uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Matt to the show as our first guest. Welcome. Welcome. KDJ Podcast. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. This thing is uh, awesome that you guys are doing, and I'm, I really appreciate you guys having me on. And um, especially as your first guest, because you guys find that that um, that interesting, just because we all work together. Uh, okay, then that's going to be edited. We don't mention that? No, we can talk about the fact that we work together. We just don't talk about where we work. Yeah. yeah. We all work together. That's fine. We know, we know I Matt. Like my we, didn't, enemy. we didn't pick him up. We did not pick Matt up in an alleyway, passed out, and be like, "Hey, homeless guy, right? You want to come yeah, be no, on our show?" Yeah, I'm obviously clean no, today. He's a friend of us, and the and um, I do have experience with this, but I really want to thank you guys, honestly, because what you guys are doing here, even though you guys do this, you know, for yourselves and for other reasons, but at the same time, like the addiction, if just like one of your uh, listeners hear me or hear something and they know somebody that knows somebody that is suffering from a disease of addiction um, and they even just reach out or they just get in their thought to go hit a meeting or go do a 12-step program or whatever you know just get honest with yourself right um, but yeah I'll get into it like off the bat I do I'm not here to knock or promote any 12-step program I'm not not one person can like, I can't just sh- sit up here and, like, um... Oh, God. What the hell's the word? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard, right? Yeah, we got the microphone in front right, of right. your face. It's a little weird. But, like, not one person could represent a 12-step program. You know, there it's a reason why there's a group of you. You know, just like how you guys have a group of you. You know, like, uh, you got Keith that does, like, the marketing and the brainstorm. You got Justin that came up with the idea. You got you, the audio guy, right? And, like, Justin by himself did not do this. Keith by himself right. did not do this. You by yourself cannot do this. That's a good comparison. So, like, when it Absolutely. all comes together, look what you guys created. And that's why, for me, and my program works for me, is because I continue doing stuff like that. I do it with people that, you know, I don't associate with people that really are um, drinkers or do drugs or whatever else anymore because 
I've been taught not to you know what I mean unfortunately like I had to lose a lot of friends and but they were like so-called friends especially when I get into my story you hear like like I you know I you know I did it all as an addict right but um I'll just I guess get right into my story a little bit how did it's, well let's let's ask a, a specific question what when so all of us probably smoked weed when we were younger or something you know nah. <laughs> we've all been there yeah. like, but like the crazy part is is like me and Keith were talking before this podcast and like when you grew up like 15 16 years old I mean for me yeah probably like 15 16 it's like we smoked pot in high school we were cool and then you watch kids get into blowing lines and then it went to being pills and then after like the pill thing it was like a snap of the fingers and it was like game over for a lot of people that I grew up with Same. Yep. and it was like you you went to dare class and all this stuff and you're like drugs are bad you know pot is a gateway drug and all this stuff blah 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 but you don't realize it and then like when graduating high school a lot of kids just you were just mind blown at the fact Mind blown. You run into fact. somebody in the store three years after high school, and they look like death yeah. walked over, and you're like, "What happened and, to and you?" We're was, the same and age. That was me, and that's yeah. why it wasn't. That's not even weird to me. Like that's how I lived every single day with the same kind of people that lived the exact same way every single day. Yeah. So like, you know what I mean? It wasn't that strange. So, um, but like, the addiction aspect of it, I was addicted to things before I even did any type of drug for me my story this is nothing to do with somebody yeah, you know right. everybody is their like, own well, perspective like and individual. like what what type of addictions the, now that i'm clean i can look back on some things that i did when i was younger that was addicting behavior like when you're like eight years old and you're doing lines of pixie sticks with your brother on a porch <laughs> you <laughs> might have a problem right? it's harmless it's just sugar right it's lime flavored um <laughs> And, and 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 it might be because when I was younger, coming up with like a, like a broken home a little bit, right? I didn't know my father. Um, my father was an addict himself, and he did the best he did with what he knew and what he had, right? And he, you know, unfortunately, he was a, a drunk, and my mom had to like raise us. So like, you know, people talk about that. Like when you're young, did it start out because of something like tragic happened to your life? Maybe I don't know. You know what I mean? I like to think kind of like everything has a reason, right? And my mom had to like work, and we opportunity meet desire. You know what I'm saying? So my mom mm -hmm. worked two to three jobs as a single woman. She got her own house at 27, and not a lot of people with a, not educated can say that, right? But um, so like growing up, I had an older brother. And uh, I look up to my older brother. Even to this day, I still look up to my... It's like that older brother thing. Like, he's my older brother. I gotta look up to him. It's like that unspoken, like, sibling thing that we have. Like, I'm his younger brother. He looks out for me, and I look out for him. But, um, you know, my mom, because she had to work so much, we uh, we did whatever we wanted, you know? She slept during the day. She, she got home, cooked, laundry, schoolwork, sent us off, work nights, three jobs around Christmas and holidays so she could, you know, so we had some type of birthday, but um, me and my brother just ran rampant for the longest time, and, uh, you know, we were God, I remember the first time I broke into a car, I was probably like five, six years old. Five like, or six five years or old? Right, dude. 
I'm telling you, wow. like, this is why I say my addiction, like, that behavior, like, where does that come from when you're that young? You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, we were breaking into, like, neighbors' cars, stealing change. You know, the first time I ever used anything, like, I stole my grandfather's cigar, and we're out back puffing away, and, of course, we got caught, you know. My grandfather was, by the way, the coolest guy ever. Like, I don't think he even beat us for that, but my mom definitely whooped our asses. <laughs> Shout out to Grandpa. <laughs> God rest his soul. He was an amazing man. <laughs> One day, uh, my mom got a, I got a grandpa story. This is how cool grandpas are, right? My mom gets a call and like, yeah, your uh, kids are late to school every day. My mom's like, no, I leave them with my father, right? He did plenty of time. My dad made sure... Not my dad, my grandfather made sure that we stopped at McDonald's, had the pancakes and the sausage and eggs breakfast. No matter, like, you got to eat before you go to school. That's legit. (laughs) And we had to be on his best breakfast in the morning. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, but, like, because of that opportunity, me and my brother was on our own a lot. And, uh, we hung out with the kids that were exactly the same way as us, you know. Um, my, my program teaches us, like, people, places, and things, and that's a huge thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, it depends on your perspective again, right? But, um, like, the after, like, you know, like, breaking into cars, breaking into houses, like, I we used to sneak into my my, uh, neighbor's house just to, like, play his Nintendo. (laughs) He wasn't home? Well, he was home one night, and then we found out, like, oh, shit, run! What's he got in the fridge? (laughs) Right, and, like, you know, that, that... and I don't, again, I, you know, like, I know better now, now that I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, thinking, you're like, oh, that was obviously insane, but, um, but before, you know, we even got high, we did stuff that you do while you're high. Like, you hear stories about people, no matter, if you put it down, it was not bolted, it was gone, because you thought you can get some money for a bag from it. Mm-hmm. I did that before I thought I could get money. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just did it. And unfortunately, like, rolled over, and then when drugs came around, like, I'll first say this, too. Like, in school, I did get picked on. I didn't feel like I ever belonged anywhere. You know what I mean? Because I hung out with, you know, I hung out a lot with my older brother, and uh, he's only 18 months apart, so I hung out with his friends. And then I had kids in my school. And, like, I was in special education classes. I had a speech problem, dyslexia, all of it. I drove the big bus one week. I drove the little bus next year. I drove the big bus one week. So, like, I've never quite fit in, you know? Um, And, like, I always started everything out strong. Like, school started strong. As soon as something didn't go my way, gave up. Just couldn't do it, right? And there's a reason why I'm saying all this, because of how I am, I'm a little bit different now today because of, uh, because I got clean, right? And, uh, so as time got by, it obviously got worse, right? My brother started to get locked up at a young age, you know, and he stole my mother's car <laughs> at like 13, 15. And, uh, but like the first time I got high, I was like, I was probably like nine years old when I first smoked weed, right? And it didn't, like, last or anything, but then I got all, other family members were into stuff, and uh, so I got introduced to it really young, drinking, smoking weed. I say by 13, I was using every day. You were smoking weed every day when you were 13? 13 or drinking. You what know what I mean? Or if it wasn't every day, it, it, it progressed it into every day for sure. And, like, to be honest with you, most of my teenage, like, 
rem- I, I don't remember. It's a fog. Did you chase just... after it yourself, or was it just there and you were doing it? Like, because other people had it. Or did you, like, seek out alcohol? Well, like I said, made? like my mom was gone a lot, so it gave me and my brother a lot of times to party in the house. Yeah. And we, of course, you know, you meet some guys, and they're older guys. They're losers, too, so they buy you beer, and they think they're cool because they're hanging out with, like, anybody, you know? I was always an attention seeker, you know? I, I always want to be accepted, you know? And, and to this day, everybody, I think, at some level wants to be accepted. But, like, I'm still learning, right? You know, so, but anyway, so like, I'm lost. No, take your time, take your time. Well, again, so when you were that age, did, like, did you, did you, at like any point, like a normal day, did you think to yourself, man, I, I really want to get stoned, or man, I really want to get drunk? Or no. was it just like the, whatever you entered into an environment that had that available, and then you ended up right? Using Either it. had that addiction, or was it like a social thing? Uh, well, like I said, when I was you know I had other family members that introduced it to me when I was pretty young, so we partied a lot, and um, I noticed like as soon as I like got high for the first time, it's not like I reached out for it, but I knew it was always there, so it was offered to me early. When you're a kid, you know you just want to. You know, and I noticed as soon as I did that, I felt accepted, you know, and, and marijuana and, um, some people say that it's like a gateway drug and it all depends on the individual. Like you guys were talking earlier, you know, um, about how like kids, when you grow up, they, you see them and they're, they're, they look like shit. They're, they, they suffer from a disease of addiction, unfortunately. Right. Not every single person's like that. There's some people that could. You know, I hung out with guys that can blow lines of cocaine in the strip club and then go home with their wives. Not That's not me. I, After the strip club, I went to look for another one. Like, I would drive all night long with whoever I was with, you know what I mean, just to get high again. Just to continue it. Just to continue it. And it, and it was more to fix feelings. And, you know, at first, when you first start drinking, it's fun and... Um, marijuana was cool and all and I was a huge pothead man like you know I got into like selling drugs I got into like everything you can imagine just because of the people I was hanging out with they were they were doing it I was doing it I was not a leader whatsoever definitely 100% follower you know so and real quick though um before we get way far into your story but you said you started smoking pot and drinking when you were 13 right yeah so at like 13 like did you want to fit in and know what you were doing was not good? Or did you just say, I'm fitting in, this is okay for me to do? Like, did you look at it like, shit, I can get in trouble for this? Or did you just run into it and just say, fuck it, send it? Well, again, with the uh, disease of addiction that I believe I had before that, my mentality was, like, I was straight up... Um, <laughs> I was always like defying against anybody that told me not to do something, and I was always with the kids that did something. You know what I mean? Like so, when uh, of course there was something in me all the time that knew right from wrong, but not having the supervision it probably so, made right. it easier right. to just continue and, with and it. It's so easy to take the easy way out of anything you do, right? And when you're really young, of course I'm just going to skip school and smoke pot. Like, why would I want to sit there and read a book and pass grades? I'm not thinking about my future. People are like, yeah. oh, you better think about your college. 
Dude, I'm not going to college. I got this bullet. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? I was just curious to see, because, you know, like, we do things now, like, we do something that, you know, that's wrong. Or, like, when you were kids, you're like, I'm going to get in so much trouble for doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway, because why? Because that, I can, because... But that was the first yeah. chase. That adrenaline, that that's like a rush when you're being defiant against something, authority or whatever. When you go steal something, you know what I mean? I used to steal peanuts underneath the in shop right and eat all the little peanuts and then I got caught and like I thought it was fun and then I would quickly run out you know what I mean ride my bike home and stuff like and that's the addiction aspect like the addiction really when you get into recovery you learn that it has nothing to do with drugs you know what I mean like I could just I could put my hand up and be like hey, my name's Matt I got a Matt problem and, it, and it's that simple um but because that's my mentality at, when I was younger, it, it stuck with me. You know what I'm saying? Because I never learned another way. Um, and, of, and when I got older, I got into, like, hanging out with the wrong crowd, of course. You know what I mean? And, like, I got, like, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because, like, you know, high school was high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we all got stories in high school, partying, whatever else. And, uh, but the guys I hung out with, we... We stole dirt bikes. We we drove around all night long doing crazy shit. We, you know, shooting up street signs because it was fun. You know what I'm saying? At like 16, um, and uh, and then then you get introduced when like I got introduced to like selling. Obviously, I can make money. Like now I'm making money doing what I want. I'm the boss. I don't have to listen to nobody. And that, and again, my that was my perspective. My mentality just stuck. And, like, so I hung out with people like that. And uh, I got wrapped up into a, um, uh, it was a, a drug ring around here and, and not too long ago, you know. Um, well, it was actually quite some time now. But, um, so, like, you know, I always try to sell. And But when I got into the, I should talk about getting the harder shit. But, but like I said, for me, marijuana, definitely gateway drug, 100%. Like, it could have been anything. It made me feel good. Tylenol makes me feel good. I'm eating four bottles that night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, were you selling to like pay for your own habit, right? Or would, or were you was your intention to actually like profit off of it at B- first? Business it. Yeah, at, yeah. at first, it was always you know what I mean. Like you, you can make a business out of this. I just made a career. You know, screw work, screw screw the job, screw the everything, and. Uh, and, and honestly, before I got into harder stuff, it was kind of like that. Like, I made a decent amount of money. I was like 18, and not even. I was probably like 17. I had a street bike and three cars. And they were all pieces of crap because I got them from other people that were like me. You know what I mean? It's not like I dealed with any professional people because that's too scary. <laughs> like, no, no, you guys got to find like, me out. You, right, right. You got to, exactly. You're going to snitch on me. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to fast forward and... And when I, I remember when I first got, like, when I did some, like, hard drug, right, uh, Coke, the Coke was fun, like, at first, you know what I'm saying? When you're a teenager, it was fun, it kept you up, kept the party going, you're like, hey, yay, got the flacco, yay. <laughs> you're like the, you know cool, what I mean? the cool guy with the <laughs> right. powder. And that's the thing I chased. I chased being that guy that always had something. And people you, come to you, right? And and not for because they really like Matt. No. You know what I mean? You, you had, had what, what they wanted, and, and I did the exact same thing. 
I acted like I was friends with people that, you know, were drug dealers and stuff. Like, you know, they're they're into it. And I was, like, best friends with them. My whole life growing up, all my surroundings, all of us were pretty much the same. We robbed, we cheated, we sold drugs. Like, that's what we did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we know yeah. some of the same people. We, we sure do. <laughs> we do. We do. And you know, like, what I oh, you yeah. know. And, um, you know, I meet some good people along the way, obviously. But, you know. Well, I, I think I was too bad for that. I mean, there's a lot of good people who are drug dealers. There's a lot of good people who are into bad stuff. It's not that they're a bad person, I, I don't think. And it's like what I said before, they're only taught with the knowledge that was given to them originally. Right. They when you're not when you don't know another way, you don't know another way. That's like my father, like he's a great guy now, like you know, I barely spoke to him. I don't really know him, but on Facebook he looks great. <laughs> like his new wife, but like he doesn't drink and stuff. He does he, he was a younger guy and like that's what he knew, what he thought he knew best, you know, was not coming home because he was on a four-day binge. Whatever. <laughs> Ouch. I did that too. <laughs> so I get it. I've been there, you know what I mean? Um but, you know, like I the first time like, I did coke. It was cool. I don't actually remember the first time I did coke. When I got into the harder stuff, when I actually... Like, I'd done every drug, and I'm not afraid to admit it on the radio because it's already out there in the universe, and it is what it is. not who I am today, and that's the beautiful thing. Like, I honestly wouldn't change anything that I ever did because I wouldn't know my failures and how I can possibly grow from them now. And I see it. I have so much evidence in my life where I'm at. You know, not even too long ago, I can bump my head, and now I'm like, I know not to do that again. It's good to know how bad the consequences are the for feel. something. It's right. good not to have regret about it all either. Yeah. Right. And, uh, well, you know, that's the pain, like, that, re- that the degradation, that shame and guilt that, you know, like, I lived with inside. But, like, that didn't make me do anything. That just made me want to cover it up more with drugs. You yeah. know what I mean? But, like, when I... I actually got robbed, me and my buddy, the first time we, like, smoked some crack, right? And this older guy, uh, Crackhead Joey, we all knew he was a crackhead. Crackhead Joey. Who doesn't know Crackhead Joey? Right. He could get us some crack. He could get us some coke. We're like, all right, let's go. And all of a sudden, he gets this rocky stuff. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is, dude. And, he and like, I tried to smoke it. I, I failed at it. Actually, I was a, I was a horrible drug addict. Not not a good drug addict at all. And that's why I sit in a room for a circle of people and talk about my feelings. It's true. Not like not too many people are good drug addicts. No one I know. They they just hide it better than others. Um, but so he like you know he's like oh let me show you and he took a hit took a blast blew it out and I'm like. Well, thanks for smoking my shit. Like, you just killed it all. <laughs> so, like, it turned me off. For the longest time, I was always stick with green. You know what I mean? All about the pot, you know. But, you know, once that other shit came in, and I realized, one, I can make more money. Two, women liked you a lot more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or just people in general. And uh, the first time I actually got high off of some shit like that that can take your euphoria feeling and go through the roof is an unbelievable power that I just, I, I, I can't fuck with today. And, um, like, my buddy called me. He's like, oh, let's try it again, right? And I'm like, all right, fuck it. Like, $900, two guns, and about three days later, I finally came down. That was, like, the first time I got high. 
like the first time on 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 like a hard like I did co- like I'm talking about like where I was addicted. Yeah. Like that was it. That was the cream of the crop. And like I chased it, but like as soon as I came down there, I am lonely, sitting there. Like I just saw my everything comes everything. flowing right, right back in. I just every every, and then you're sitting there by yourself with your feelings, and that is like the pain that I kept trying to mask throughout the years. At first, sure, want to be accepted, party time, fun, life is great. After that, um, it was a chase. That I I I I can remember that day, and after that, it was that cycle. You know what I mean? That's what I was chasing again. I wanted that high. And it never came. You know what I mean? No matter how long I stayed up for, what drugs I switched, you know what I mean? Um, it's that addiction part. I was, you know, addicted. Like, it's it's not... Again, it, it, that drug took me there, yes. But after that, then what? You know what I'm saying? Where's you know, more? Where's more? I want to know? chase the white and, dragon. And that's and that's the disease of addiction right there in itself is a self self centered. Where's more? I want more. Right. You know, no matter what it is, you know, uh, it could be working out, eating, like for look look at this. I was thirty five pounds lighter. You know, I was I was I was addicted to working out like crazy, right? And then I got hurt, and now I'm addicted to eating licorice and pizza. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that in the long run. Though. <laughs> well, no, it's more socially acceptable. But, like, it still doesn't make me feel good inside. That's still the addiction part. You know what I mean? I just have something in my life now that I can manage it with, like, a little bit of tools and knowledge that I hear from other people. And it's also, it's a beautiful thing. And, um, yeah, that, you know, like, where I was then, like, I'll get up to the point, like, all right, so I chased a drug for a long time. I still thought I was partying, but I still couldn't own up to my responsibilities. I still had nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I might have sold crack, I might have sold heroin, I might, but a monkey can't sell bananas. But in my sick head, I'm like, I can sell apples and oranges. No, you uh, can't. Yeah, yeah, I just took it all in, you know what I mean? I used to rob people. Peter to pay Paul, like, you know, to, like, I'm sorry, I might owe you $2,000, I smoked that, but I'll make it back this way, and, like, that was my life. You're just digging deeper holes all, constantly, right? And that's what happens when you get further and prescription, you know, like I said, I would never do coke, do coke, I would never smoke that shit, I smoked that shit, I would never start, other ways became more disgusting how I put it in my body, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and that was, like, my bitter ends, like, through my 20s, Big party, didn't give a shit, living on people's couches. You know what I'm saying? Never had anything of my own, really. You know, not not, not what I value today, what I'm grateful for today. Um, but, like, my bitter end, like, I say this, and, I, and I'll try to wrap it up. Like, I, we could sit here and talk about, like, a lot of things, you know. Um, but I want to get more into, like, where I'm at today. You know, the last three years and five months being clean without having a, a drink. A smoke. So impressive. You know, nothing like Three that. years clean. I mean, three years. For me, even thinking about, like, not having a drink. 30 for days. Three years is when crazy. Justin did his thing on 30 days, that's a huge thing. For somebody that's not an addict that didn't need a program, and, like, you know, I needed a program. That's me. I need a 12 step program, and I worked the shit out of my 12 step pro- program to the best of my abilities. I always fall back, right? And I, I bumped my head quite a bit, but I'm human, plus I'm a fucking addict. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I still suffered that disease of addiction never goes away, right? Um, I don't know if you guys want to ask me more questions, but I, I want to say something. And, um, like, my bitter end, like, someone said to me one time, if you don't remember the last time you got high, 
then it wasn't the last time he got high. That's right? deep. Wow. Right. And yeah, that's what I was like, whoa. I, yeah. But here's the thing. It's an eye opener. Like, you know, like, the, I would say the last seven to eight, seven, eight, ten years of my actively addiction using life, I um, did not like getting high. Like, I used to cry with every cell in my body shaking not to go get that bag, not to go get that fucking, that another one. And uh, turn around, what are you doing? Like, you know where this is ending. You n- nowhere. Did you, know you sort of have that, like, that angel on one shoulder, devil on the other Absolute, situation? Like, for, at me, all those my decisions? whole life. Yeah. My whole life. You well, got, because, specifically, like, when you're thinking about, like, I'm going to go out and get something so I can get high. And you're talking about how you, you didn't really want to. But it was like that inner inner conversation you're having with yourself. Like, justifying it versus... I know I I know this isn't what I want to do, but, but feeling like you need it. There is no way out for me though. Do you know what I mean? Like I was in the grip when they, they they talk about a grip of addiction, right? And that's what they mean. Like when you see a pregnant lady holding up a a sign that says I'm pregnant, homeless in New York, you would think like what are you doing, right? <laughs> like yeah. There's shelters, there's help out there. But like she wants to get high. She cares about getting high more. And that's a powerful thing. You know what I mean? That um, Like I said, that the power of something that can make me sit at a table for fucking 10 hours and not move, that's huge. And, like, I, I'm not the only one. I hear people saying the same stuff. You know what I mean? And that's why recovery is such a great thing. You know what I mean? If you're not, you know, um, I'm skipping ahead. But um, I'll talk about the last time I got high, right? I'm homeless at this point. I'm sleeping on my uncle's couch. Um, I've been through, like, hell with women. And everybody, it was everybody else's fault, you know, clearly. Like, are you high? No, fuck you, you're high. Like, no, and not at all. And, like, you, you, you hide it. When you're hiding something, like, that big, it makes that pain just so much worse, you know? And uh got to cover it up somehow. But, um, so, like, fast forward. I'm, like, doing dishes. <laughs> like, that's the best job I can get. Three days a week, doing dishes. Went through the ringer my whole life, right? So from basically 9, 13 to 30 fucking... 33, right? I was 33 years old when I got clean. I was just a wasted. That's a good thing. They call people getting wasted because I just wasted my life, you know? Um, but... So the girlfriend, she went to rehab. You know, um... My brother, I was staying with him. He ended up kicking me out, right? And we used to party together. Like, you know, but, like, I was, I was the one, I was injecting it. I was doing, I was doing grimy shit. And, like, my uncle got me a tablet one time, right, for on his credit thing. That shit was going that night. And be like, I kind of fucked up, you know? Um, but I was hanging out with people that were on Main Street, picking up cigarette butts in a giant bag, right? Just so they could have cigarettes later. You know, because it, we're not going to spend good money. We're not going to spend good money on on cigarettes when we can. When we we're going to need that for later. We don't need that for booze, alcohol, and drugs and all that. But um, the last like, my brother kicked me out. We got in a fight. Kicked me out in the middle of the street. He probably helped me. He actually helped me save my life. Like when something like that happens, that's why it's important not to like give somebody that you love out there or whatever like a car because they got two months clean like hey here's a car you know what i mean 
um, or even when they're using, you just don't constantly give them money, like because we're just we're using. We're not just using drugs. We're using you. We're using anybody. We can anything and anybody. You're fueling any. We're yeah. You're just you know, it's not a good thing. But um, yeah. So I so I got my like last bag right. At this point, like, I just started to shoot up. Like, shooting up was, like, the last year, right? And I couldn't do it myself at all. Like, I fucked that. I'm not good. Yeah, the needle's not me. Blah, blah, blah. So, like, I used to have girlfriends do it for me, right? And uh, I, I, I started to do it myself. See, progressively, it was getting worse. You know, you hang out with crackheads, you're going to become a crackhead. You hang out with heroin junkies, you're going to become a junkie. Me, I was so bad, I was doing it all, whatever I can get my hands on. And, like, I I worked a lot, too. Like, my whole life I had a job, and but I was also trying to sell on the side. But, like, I always worked um, to support my habit. I had to. because I had to do something. I had to show, I still had to fake it. You know, I had to fake that funk, put that mask on, like, I'm okay. He's, he's working, not doing too bad. Like, so when people talked about, man, oh, he's working, he's not doing too bad. But really, I was dying inside. <laughs> um, but, so, I kicked in my brother's door. And, uh, because I knew I had a needle in there that was probably about a week old after my girlfriend used it. Because, you know, started to share needles. You know, that that's a, that's a whole other topic. You could talk about It's like another things. level of complacency with, right. with your actions. And, and like, you know... I dumped the garbage can, didn't give a fuck, just dumped it all over the thing. The dog was on my way, get the hell out of my way, Roscoe. And I go in the bathroom, and I completely missed. And I just remember looking down and seeing blood, a bubble forming in my arm, the scars, right? And I had a mental breakdown. I just started to cry. I still get, I'm getting emotional over just thinking of it. And that's a, and that's a great thing. That's a beautiful thing for me because I don't forget where I came from. And that helps me, keeps me clean today. One of the things, right? And again, I don't want to get too much in promoting a program because, but like, it's hard for me not to because it's what saved my fucking life. You know what I mean? Like that day, I completely surrendered. I stopped fighting. That power had me by my balls. I'm kicking in doors and shoving in pencil doll needles in my arm that had no markings left. Looked like a Captain Hook thing, like, you know what I mean? That's that's where it took me, you know. And and that and like, that's where it takes most people, you know. And and, and like, it sucks. It sucks. It it sucks that I see that now that I'm clean. Like I could go into a store. So like when you busted in your brother's door. You saw all that blood. Was there like a light switch that kicked on, or were you like? Yeah, was it that moment? Exactly? Was that? It, it was, was that like? The it was. Part? It, it was pretty much that moment. Um, a lot of people get dope sick and stuff. You know, like I kind of like I knew I wanted to get clean before that moment, and like I was weaning myself off. Like I would do a bag here, sleep for three days, do another bag, sleep for three days. You know, was, I wasn't going crazy. You know, like staying out for three days, shooting Molly meth and crack at the same time. <laughs> you know, like. That, that, and so, like, me doing a bag here and there, I thought it was, I was coming down, but that moment, like, I realized nothing changed, like, it's just because I'm not doing as much, but the feeling that I got, and how emotional I got, I lost the desire to use, like, I had to do something. Just like that, it was like, I, you know, I have fleeting thoughts and stuff, and, but, like, and, like, I'm not here to brag or 
post. I didn't go to rehab. And um, the best thing about, you know, I'm not here to knock or endorse rehabs either, but most people, I put myself through hell. Like, I skimmed through stuff that is, like, really deep down inside. I still have plenty of skeletons in my closet. But for some, but for a lot of reasons, I can't bring them up right now. You know what I mean? And um, so when on that level where I was at, it was you know I I I done everything you can think of. I been or or I've seen most things. You know what I mean? And um, it's it really fucks you up spiritually. You know. So I had nothing left. I was spiritually bankrupt. Nothing. Empty. I was running on empty. And the drugs weren't doing it for years. So, you know, I, it, it was, you know, like I said, like that day, it wasn't a boom, I'm done. I was trying to do it for like 10 years. Like this ain't fun anymore. You know, when you're crying, <laughs> getting high, like obviously <laughs> there's something not right. And, um, so, you know, I talked to somebody that I knew that had a program and he said, meet me at a meeting and I did. And, um, I pretty much never looked back. You know what I mean? I never, uh, I say I never relapse, but like I've gotten clean before and got high again. But for me, a relapse is different because I never practice a 12-step program the way I'm doing now. You know, when I, I, I went to jail for that, that drug thing for a while, and that's when I was really introduced to something better than myself, a, a program, right? You know, I did the whole God thing. I did the whole, I'm a Christian. I even got like that, you know, and. If that works for you, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Whatever keeps you clean and keeps you moving forward, though. You, you know, with me, I get complacent, so I always got to figure out another way. But, um, yeah, I, I, after I went to my first meeting, I just pretty much never looked back, man. Every suggestion that they thrown at me, I did. I, I try, you know, and I don't want to. Were you active? <laughs> But I have help, to. And trying to help other people, like, right away? Or, oh, man, I'm trying to save the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you get something. That's a noble, that's a noble yeah. thing to do. But I did mean, you, like, but think it, that, like, you know, since you went through hell and back, let's say, you know, and then you finally got on to, like, the clean side, so you went to your program, your junior thing, did you look at it like, well, I got clean, I can help everyone? Kind of, like, aspect in life. At first, no. I was there to stop using. Right. But I'm saying, like... blank period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I really was. Like, I... I and I knew it would work because I, I... When I was in... When I was in jail, I was clean. <laughs> the fog lifted. My head wasn't clouded with uh, substance. You know, that disease stopped talking to me a little bit. How long it was It slowed that? down. I was in jail for about a year and a couple months. Oh, so that's a while. I guess. Is that, I mean, is that the is that the longest like stretch that you did? In- yeah, like you know, I, I I got a couple DUIs, you know, and you know, I was a week or two, but like that year in jail, um, it's funny because the year in jail, I actually felt like I belonged somewhere, you know, like with frat houses. People go to college. <laughs> You're all like me. People go to college. I went to jail, but I fit like because I'm with people that were like me, that were, you know, drug users you know wannabe gangsters I don't you know I, I say that because that's just my own opinion about like that whole urban illusion that like the, like you see on TV and that's what people do you know what I mean you see it and hear it and that's why it's important for me to constantly say this is my story this is not everybody out there's story 
you know, because there's different ways that help different people. But this works for me, and it works for, like, probably hundreds of thousands of other people. There's programs in 145 different states. You know, I mean, not states, countries, you know? But Have you ever gone up to somebody that you knew uh, was in the, the, the depths and throes of addiction, and you mentioned to them about getting sober? Like, have you ever no. tried to intervene in somebody's... That don't work. No. I, 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 it, I don't. Um, do that if I see I see people people get very defensive well, of course right you want you want it. somebody to come to you do you almost. guys like looking at your own shit no never of <laughs> right. if somebody yeah. tells me I'm wrong I'm like no you're Especially, no. Now imagine you're wrong like, for calling me you're wrong right no anything exactly. really exactly so like I knew that didn't work for me you know what I mean like I would lie you know or I would try to do something to mask it and like oh great life is cool I got a girlfriend got to work and like I'm you know I'm not shooting dope every night and just killing myself and other people around me you know you don't want to look at it like that cuz I got something in my head that always constantly wants to protect myself in a negative way you yeah. know what I mean and that's that's why it's so important for me to continue doing what I'm doing because I'm learning through not my way it's not Matt's way you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like I got myself I got myself clean. And, and it sounds weird to say that, but like if it wasn't for a group, me putting in the footwork, a power greater than myself, it's just like me talking about what well, you guys got together here. That's a power greater than you, you know, and 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 for me that's how it works. That's pretty much, you know. I remember I'll, t- I'll tell a little story. I had a, a close friend in high school who after high school I was still uh, pretty close with um, see him pretty often and uh, we grew apart because he started getting into uh, drugs like I mean real drugs he started using cocaine daily uh, if he couldn't get cocaine it, he'd get Molly uh, when he couldn't get either one of those he would use heroin was his name Matt? no <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy no no I'm not even going to say his name no but, um, yeah <laughs> But I hadn't spoken to him for about two years. I had moved out of uh, East Stroudsburg, and I was living up in Kingston. I hadn't spoken to him for two years uh, because I separated myself from that. And around that time, I was losing a lot of friends to that because I was like, well, that's not – I can't be around that because I'll hop hop right on the party train, you know. But um, he called me up and was like, hey, man, I can get an ounce of blow for X amount of dollars. You want to go halves with me? And I was like, no. And it, it it bothered me so much, I actually want to go down there and punch him in his face. Like, And I got in my car, literally hung up the phone, got in the car, drove, you know, 45 minutes away to his house and dragged him out of his house. We sat in the car and immediately, without saying anything, we sat, I was like, we need to talk, get in the car. He sat down in the car, immediately started crying because he knew how upset I was and he was super embarrassed. I was like, what are you doing? And he told me, he was super emotional. He's like, he's like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this and everything. And for me, not being in that situation, it's really hard to understand where a person is mentally. You know, because in that moment, I'm, I'm looking at somebody that I cared about for a long time in my mm. life. And he's super emotional. He hates himself. It's cl- it was clear to me, sitting there with him, that he absolutely hates himself. And I tried telling him, you know, there's, you know, smoke some weed, dude. <laughs> like, you know, you know, rip a bong or, or smoke a joint. Like, you don't need to be shoving shit into your veins to to deal with anything. You know, if and if you need to talk to me, talk to me. Anyway, we had a long conversation. 
I felt good about it. It did absolutely nothing for him whatsoever. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end of it, I told him, like, you know, if you're dealing with stuff, dude, call me. I was like, we'll chill, whatever. You can come up and stay at my house for the weekend, whatever. Get away from whoever's driving you to use this shit. And uh, it, it didn't do anything. I felt really good after that conversation, but it did absolutely nothing. And as far as I know, I hear, you know, little stories from other people, mutual friends that we had where he's still he's still just exclusively hanging out with junkies ripping and running still yep and that's it it takes a lot for somebody to get to that breaking point and totally just give up like i think it's hard to help people because like you feel like your love could like showing your love to somebody could help them be like oh this person cares about me but it's that's not as powerful as their addiction no not even close And, and, and it's sad because a lot of parents you know they give they give they give they send their son to rehab 15 times and pay give them all their clothes they need and if they need money throw them money you know and and that's for me that was uh one of the things i didn't have my mom it's not rich you know she didn't she we got by you know so like that 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 helped me out actually. It's crazy, you know. Like I grew up kind of poor. I Kmart, Walmart, shit before Walmart was Kmart, and my mom bought us some nice stuff. But that when I got older, of course, I started like selling, bought my own shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I grew up. I grew up without. So doing that, it, that is a reason why it was. Like after years of using, I, I finally got to that breaking point where it's not a big deal and that's why it's important not to like you know keep giving people stuff like you keep giving your love all you're doing is hurting yourself yep you know what i mean how how you feel bad about it now right i still like, currently feel wasting bad. my time yeah well it's nice not, resentment it's, well it's not even like wasting my time it's just it's almost like how could you not recognize you know somebody else's love for you as being like you know one of the most powerful influences over you you know well he he does to a certain extent but that grip of addiction you know what i mean and like it's for me you know i couldn't even just smoke weed because i tried that substitution it's called right mm-hmm. i tried just drinking tried just smoking weed it lasts a little bit but you know i was the way i'm i'm an addict then you're drunk and you're uh, like you know what would be great right now some crack right that would be great right now yeah, yeah <laughs> best <laughs> idea ever <laughs> When you're drunk, you're just like, oh. Anything goes. Everything's a good idea. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that's like anymore. <laughs> Describe. <laughs> <laughs> tell me. Tell me about it. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you, it, you can't help somebody that don't want to help themselves, right? And they always say that, and that's such a true fact. Like, you know, I see people come and go, and it's a shame, but, like, I can separate it. Some people can't. Some people get, you know, uh, they try too much. You know, and I don't, but like for me, um, me, who I am, I don't mind trying too much. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about giving somebody money and, and like, you know, but like if they're clean and they're doing something about it, you know, they, they you know, they're offering to go to rehab. I'll drive you to rehab. Well, it's like you told us before you, before you showed up today to do this, you were helping out, helping out somebody with a ride. Yeah, but the thing is he helps me out. That keeps me motivated to keep. That's right. you know each one teach one, and you don't even know you're doing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like again, with like how you guys are doing this, <laughs> you're learning from each other, and it and it, it's a simple. Mo, all these programs out there, they work if the person works it. If you take those suggestions, I can promise you, I am living proof. Like I have, you know what I mean? And there, and like I know nothing about my program. How much other people know? 
Like, I feel this little. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, this is how much evidence I have of my, of, of, like, how great my life is. Three and a half years ago, right? Damn near. I was picking up cigarette butts homeless just so I can get high. And today, you guys asked me to speak on a fucking podcast. Driving a Lexus. Driving a Lexus. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have a 401k. I mean, your Lexus, your Lexus is tan colored, but it's a Lexus. It's it's still it's nicer. Still than all give it, three, give it it's still you. nicer than all three of your cars. He's been waiting <laughs> well, to say that, so yeah. I had to put that out yeah, there beforehand. I, I, I was it was getting a, there. He, he's sober Sorry. now and has yeah, a Lexus. I was totally okay, get all right. <laughs> no, but it's the truth because when I first met Matt, clean, clean, but um, I was first coming around. It was. I was first getting clean. I never looked at it until he, me and him getting like we get into deep conversations about random stuff. But uh, I told him I looked at him because he invited me. And I didn't get to go because of work, but for his three years thing, and I was like, for the two years that I've known you, it was my two year anniversary. Was it two year anniversary? Two years. I said I've watched you mature so fast from the dude came to work. No driver's license. He had a beater car. He was doing this. Blah 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 blah. He's spumming cigarettes left and right from all of us. I don't smoke now. And <laughs> that's the truth. That's where I'm getting at. And now he doesn't smoke. He has a driver's license. He drives a Lexus. The kids, um, what you call credit report is like through skyrocket. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck you, Matt, with your credit. <laughs> but I said, I said to him, I was like, dude, you are on such an awesome pace in life. Huge come up. That a lot of people would want to hear your story because that's all of us. It's hope. Yeah. It's all of us. And to know that like you've been through hell in life, but you're riding it out now like okay. Like you're right. good. I'm good. I'm and you know what I mean. But and your mentality is so strong, and that's how I I kind of do look up to you because I your mentality. That. That's cool, because I have respect for all three of you guys in your own ways. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. And that's why it's such a big deal when you guys ask me to come on. I'm like, I don't know, fuck my guys. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> the first fucking interview. What? I'm sorry for yeah. swearing so much, but that's uh, fine. I have a small vocabulary. <laughs> 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 like I said, I didn't go to school much. Um, <laughs> But I appreciate that, and like, you know, the it's not about like we talk about uh, the money, property, prestige. Like, yes, I you know homeless, and now I have a home. I uh, um, my, it's the process on how I got it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the process how I got it is because I learned through a program something that you know that I never would have thought of you know it's how, how about this today I was and it sucks I keep talking about this and I'm gonna get shit from it from people that are you know that's that whatever yeah well you know whatever traditions yeah. are meant to be whatever. broken get them <laughs> <laughs> that is not true at all by the way yeah. but um <laughs> wow am I really gonna get catchy but like <laughs> I just lost my train of thought completely you know, um, it's the process, right? It's not that I got a Lexus, I got a home, I got money in the bank, I got clothes, you know what I'm saying? It's me learning how. I bumped my head, you know what I mean? Like, I came in, I walked where I had to go 
because I had no driver's license or I just drove because I didn't care with no, <laughs> no driver's license. And like I learned like through other people telling me like stop driving with no license. You're making it worse. Just because I'm clean doesn't mean that I don't go through things. You know what I mean? Just because I'm clean doesn't make life all fucking rainbows and cotton candy. It's not, it's far from the truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's the thing that must come first. Like, I have to maintain that level so I don't have that crap in my head and where I'm open-minded to somebody like Justin telling me something or you telling me something mm-hmm. or him telling me something. Like, I could take suggestions Being now. Being so like, that baseline yeah, that you it, need. It gotta be. Yeah. It's life or death. You were talking about death earlier. People fucking die, man. It's you know? scary. Every like, day. And nowadays, nowadays all fentanyl. Long. We were talking earlier about how... 80% of drugs out there have fentanyl. Yeah, I wouldn't even, it's insane. I wouldn't, I, it doesn't even attract me at all. Yeah. It, I'm like... But it's just scary how, like... I mean, I don't have kids. You have two boys. You do. don't have kids. Matt doesn't have kids. Oh my God. But, like, when we grew up, like, you never were like, this shit's laced. Like, what's this? You were just like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to send it. And then that's it. Nowadays, these kids have to really look at, like... You don't know what you're getting. If you do that, that might be your last memory of what you just did for your life. Like, because of that fentanyl. It's so scary. And, and it's sad because people just redo it. I was the addict that carried a body in someone's house, ran through their pockets because it was good shit in their pocket, and shot it up. That's how nuts. Like, and I'm not the only one. I was with three other guys that were like, this is a great idea. Two days later, you know Phil died that night? Damn. Wow. That's... Right. You know, like, that is... And, like, and and... Unfortunately, that's what happens when people don't seek out some uh, help, you know. And, like, it's not easy. Like, I get in my own way, and, like, sometimes I say things um, towards people and treat people not, you know, um, the best, you could say. You know, I'm very sarcastic, and I make a lot of jokes, right? But, like, you know, that's another defects mechanism that I have that I I portray. And and I I do it because, like, and, and, like, Seriously, that's like part of my disease of addiction. Like that's my disease of addiction way. It's not the real me. And like right now, even like you just you you explained it. Like when you said you seen me come in, like you know, or you know, um, like you knew you met me clean, right? But I have my shit together, right? But you seen in three years that how I it was I'm less doing. than three years. It was like two years span of me just knowing you. Like once you hit crossface. Like, oh, what was it? CrossFit. CrossFit. Like, and you meeting those type of people, and I think that just gave you the high to drive for better. And that's what you took. And you killed it. And you're still killing it. Right. Um, And that's all because of recovery. Yeah, and which is I, I I have to read books and write on stuff and go to this place and go to that place, pick up that person, do this, and, like, I don't want to. Is it okay I want to go you? home and play video games. Is it okay keep, for keep you to take a day off of it? Keep huh? you busy. Do you ever take, like, a day off from... I, I don't mean a day off from sobriety, but, I mean, is there ever a day that goes by where you don't actively do something pertaining to your sobriety? Or is that just a, a flowing, never-ending thing for you every day? You're living... Keep you on the path. Yeah, doing something towards your sobriety. or I have to or I'll die. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think you've said that to me, too. Uh, it's, and, like, um, 
some days, I mean, I can't say that, like, because either either I'm talking to somebody that's in the same kind of program I'm in, or sponsor, or sponsoring, and going here, going there, and um, some days, yeah, I want to isolate, and I isolate, you know what I mean, And but that's that's not good for me. <laughs> at all because once I start doing that I get Can real complacent get you back into I get complacent my yeah. brain is saying I'm good good don't need that anymore life is great so how many meetings do you go a week I know you do a good amount um when I first started two every day for about 90 days maybe more and then after day. 90 days yeah because I had no life and that's the blessing about staying clean. You start getting things back. You start getting building relationships with your parents. Uh, you know, my nephew. I'm really involved in his life, and like, and like where I'm at with my nephew, where I can buy him a bike or give him a hundred bucks for his report card. When he was a baby, I was blowing down crack, and he was in the back seat. Like that, I would never even suggest anybody. I would kill somebody if they did that with my nephew today. You know what I mean? My best way of thinking wasn't me. Perspective. It was it was trash. You know what I'm saying? And you know, like I was saying, like where I was when I first got, you know, when we first started to work together, and where I'm at today. So it's like three years from now. Where you? As long as I continue doing what I'm doing, I don't know where I'm going to be, but I know it's going to be not this mat you see today. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm not the mat you seen last year. Right, and well. I hope so. That'd be pretty awesome if I could buy everybody a Lexus. <laughs> Let's, uh, you, wanna, you guys want to take a, a break real quick and come right back to it? Sure. I'm right. down. Let's do that. All right. After that quick, brief intermission, had to stand up, lost legs, bathroom break quick. So let's get back on to topic. Um, so, Matt, you were talking about, so your 90 days, you were doing how many um, meetings? Uh, as many as possible. I would say I was doing two a day. You know what I mean? I definitely one every single day. And I and I continue doing that for... I mean, I still continue doing that. Like, I got to show up. I got to do what I got to do so I don't use. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like I was saying, my life started... Like, doing two meetings a day was easy to somebody like me because I had no friends. I had nothing to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I worked part-time. And I slowly, you know, got things back in my life as you were you mentioned before like the lexus <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's that, going to be like a joke all week <laughs> do you think that helped you uh not having anything yes and, and so like say somebody is in in the throes of addiction and they're going through something similar but every, there's all kinds of no like, things around them Right, like some people have businesses that they are, are losing, their wives are losing, yeah. or their kids are, you know, are losing. They're in the, like, you know what I mean? And unfortunately, fortunately, I was, you know, single, I was, you know, no, didn't own shit. You didn't have anything <laughs> I didn't to lose. have anything to lose, you know what I mean? You had a void to fill. Oh, of course, and that's the part of getting high. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the feelings that you get is a just drug. Like, that's how I filled in my void for so long, and, um... And, like, people are like, oh, you know, some people tell me, oh, you're just switching drugs and alcohol for recovery and meetings and doing the right thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's uh, a lot better uh, alternative. Shooting up meetings. Like, where do we want to go with this? So, talking on that, so I I know a few people who have gotten sober, have been sober for a little while. uh, Or, I mean, a long time. But I noticed 
that, um, especially guys who've been to jail uh, and come out and stay sober through, you know, their experience of jail, they, they had to get sober and they come out and they stay sober. There's a lot of times I notice people get real uh, preachy about religion, uh, like as if, like without them explaining to everybody around them how great God is hmm. uh, and how God saved them, that if, if from a third party perspective, it looks like they just filled up an obs- I mean, I don't want to use addiction, but their obsession maybe was getting high. And now their obsession is letting everybody know how good Jesus Christ is in their life. And it's like they almost can't help themselves Jehovah? to talk about it. I'm just it. joking. Well, I, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. Did you I have do. that? Did you have that experience, or how do, how do you look at the <clears throat> how religion and or not even religion, but finding faith in something well, affects you? That is another positive outlook. Of, that's a positive void. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm not gonna knock anybody doing that. Like, do it. You know? Of course, if it helps you, you, you can't keep you away dying. from the drugs. You're not stealing your mom's TV. So, hey, yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, the way I look at that now is like I have a higher power, you know what I mean, and I, I and that's what I call it. This is me. This is, you know, um, how I just look at it now. Like I did that uh, whole religious thing when I was in jail, of course, mm-hmm. because when you're in jail, the void's there, but you're clean and you can't get high. So and then all of a sudden you see a lot of positive things coming out, and thank God that I went to jail. And I found people like me coming in, bringing in meetings, people like, you know, uh, preachers and stuff coming in and, you know, speaking the good word. Like, I'm, you know, that's, I'm all ears for some reason with that kind of stuff. But I'm not too religious, you know. At, At one time I was, right, but that didn't work for me. I got out of jail about a month later, hang out with the wrong people, went on a three years of using, and that brought me to my bitter ends, right? Um, so that wasn't a great experience, you know, um, at all. (laughs) But you say that you're spiritual now? Yes. Like 100%. We've we've talked a little bit about, you said I don't preach or anything. Yeah. And I I thought that was impressive because you are one of the very few people I know who's done really well with their sobriety. Uh, it's so impressive. I I feel like I have to tell you constantly how impressive it is. Recovery. Recovery. Okay, <laughs> your recovery. Uh, but yeah, you've you've never really, I've never I've never witnessed you like preach God in any way. Really, I know you have your opinions about how it works for people. Yeah, well, what do you think? What do you think makes somebody real preachy about it? Do you feel like they have to constantly be letting everybody know, putting it out in the world? Like they're because sometimes it feels like I'm. I look at them like they're trying to convince themselves. <laughs> Well, and a lot of, and that's pretty much it, you know, you know, like for me, like, again, I got to keep it on me. Like I can't, I don't know about other people and like how they do it. Like I, I can, of course, give an opinion. <laughs> it's not going to be a right one though. Um, but it will be yours. But it exactly, you know, uh, with me, with that, the, the, I don't, it's funny because I don't do things religiously. I don't go to church, you know, um, but I would, and there's nothing against that. But it, going to church, money, cars, Lexuses, houses, women, love, all that don't keep you clean. That doesn't equal recovery. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why, you know, you, you people, you know, a lot, you can say sobriety if you want, go ahead. I say recovery because I have to recover from what I did for 20 years to myself. You know what I mean? And, um, I, I do got to keep it looking at it like I'm sick. I'm a sick individual. Like my first thoughts are not good. Um, but like with me, I've learned that I, there's powers greater than myself, just like the drug was. That drug was a power greater than myself. So like, you, you know, me going to a group, you know, me doing, calling somebody, me, me helping somebody out, somebody helping me out with my recovery is a power greater than myself. So what puts people in that position to help somebody else out? You didn't put yourself there. That person didn't put themselves there. And, and this is me and how I look at it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's funny. I was saying this earlier. So <clears throat> it it doesn't matter. Like, um, you know, you, you hear about hope, trust, and faith, right? You know, everybody, you got to have faith. And, and, and like, you could dumb it, dumb it down. Very simple. Faith is just going for a leap, like starting a podcast, like, Screw it, let's do it. You know what I mean? Um, I, 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 I'll give you an example. Like, when you start a job, you hope you get the job. You put the hours in. You hope you get paid, right? And for me, the way I look at religion and faith, it helps me walk through fear. My God helps me walk through fearing stuff because it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking to start something like this or start a new job, right? You get, you get feared up. What helps you through that? Because my best thinking got me picking up cigarette butts again, <laughs> kicking in doors. <laughs> Watch out, Roscoe, getting high here, bro. You know what I mean? Like, that was my best thinking. Now, today, it's not. I can come on a podcast. That's not me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for you guys to ask me to come and be your first guest, that's huge. That's God for me. That's all the experience I need. That's all the, you know what I mean? That's all, that's all I really need, and I'm cool with that. You know, like what I was saying with the, uh, getting a new job and everything, you you know, you know, hope you get paid at the end of the week, and then it happens, and then it becomes a ritual thing. <laughs> like, I religiously do stuff for my recovery, though, you know what I mean? But it's not a dogma thing. And some people get lost in that dogma talk, and, you know, um, every word in the Bible is exactly the way it was, you know. But I, I, I can look at something like that and, like, just change it to metaphorical speakings, like how to like live the best way you know how, you know, and, and you know, it, it works for me. I think you get the most out of it. If like, if you read scripture or anything, you're getting the most, if you're and, anal analyzing it or, and making it last or making it pertain to whatever you're, you're needing. Right. You know, if you read something, instead of taking something literal, you know. And, and what I was saying with the faith thing, like, so I, like, hope you have a job, you get paid. After a while, it becomes religious. Like, you, 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 it becomes routine. You just work, you get paid. That becomes into faith because you started something that's greater than yourself. And then at the end, you're getting paid at the end of the week, at the end of the month. And then it's just trust. You don't even think about it. Like, I don't think about, like, I better get on my knees and start praying. You know, I pray all day long. My personal prayers, just to say thank you, being grateful. On my way here, I prayed, like, how great is it that something's allowing me, I say God because I'm comfortable with that word, you could say higher power, shit, you can even say law of attraction, you could say science, all that stuff is something greater than yourself, and that's all I believe in, that something greater than myself really loves me, because I, I have a hard time loving myself, you know, and I'm learning how through this process of being, it's, 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 
it's actually really interesting how like everything works out for a reason. Well, we all love you. Yeah, well, thank you. I love you too. <laughs> so, uh, quick question, um, just for viewers and myself, it might be a silly question, but so you go through recovery, and Keith was saying like people kind of fill in a void with God, gospel, all that stuff, and I know there's probably thousand other things people fill that in that position but how does that kind of like fall into your lap like so you're in recovery you're not doing drugs anymore see in your brain you kind of have an empty spot so do you find the next best thing that is safe to do and that's what you go 100% to like let your body be I guess kind of addicted to that um, yeah, because I, my addiction, I don't think, it just, with recovery, I just treat it at once, every day, once a day. That's all I get is a little reprieve, or reprieve, whatever that word is. Reprieve? Reprieve. You. you know, from my disease, right? By me doing something. Um, but like, the void thing is like, it doesn't matter, like, um, sometimes it, it just can't get out of control. You know what I mean? Once you get something out of control, and you, you know you think you're in control, you're really completely at. Like when I was working out at CrossFit, yeah, I it it boosted my confidence and everything, and it helped me. But like, um, I got hurt. You know, so it's too much of a good thing. It's too much of a good thing can really be a bad thing. You know, but like my recovery, the evidence I have since I started has never lead me astray. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not once. I leave myself. Like, I, I, I can bump my head, and I can put myself in predicaments where I have good fleeting thoughts about picking up a drug because of that void, because of that pain. You know what I mean? It, it, it is like an emptiness, but then, like, that God thing does fill you in, right? And it's a positive thing. So it's not, So when people say, oh, you're just replacing one for the other, but why not? Right. You know? Right. It, that's what I was trying to ask, and like, do you look at it like, I mean, I'm sure you get comfortable with people that you are in your meetings or whoever that's like on the right track of life, you know, it's not down that bad rabbit hole of doing drugs and shit, and you're like, alright, so I'm done doing drugs, I really like doing this, do you talk to other people and say like, is this okay for me to go and fill the void by doing God or... Doing CrossFit. CrossFit or hiking and like to well, become, or do you just take it to yourself and if it works, it works. If not, you change it. Some people might struggle even finding something. Right. Like that. So, yeah. like, that's what I'm saying. Do you communicate with other people? So, if any people that are listening to this can kind of get a little bit of help. Yeah, an idea how to navigate something new to fill that void. It's called a program. You find a 12 step program. Or you find something that works for you. I can't really... Like I said, I don't want to sit here and like keep endorsing it because like it works for me. You know what I mean? And like I do it. But you acknowledge it, there's it, a big it, likelihood it, it, it will work for I need lots some, of other people. I need some kind of structure. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, yeah, of course. Because if you're suffering from a disease or addiction or anybody, like we all know where that can go and how you feel. But like I... I'm trying to like really narrow like the what you're saying about how the... Um, your question... Like, do you guys communicate with each other? Of course, for... that's part of the... And that's a really big part of the networking. Like, you can't do it alone. Like, have you brought people... For instance, you were in a CrossFit big time, right? When you got into that. Were, were you ever, like, to somebody else who was in recovery with you? Uh, 
like, oh, I'm doing this CrossFit thing. You should check it out. It's you know, it's intense. Of course, and... it's fun. It's something healthy. So you brought people. Weight. You've brought people in into yeah, that with you. I did, and the the one of my friends until she decided to try to do a handstand push up for the first time and landed on her neck. Last time I seen her at CrossFit. <laughs> But so like, two people got hurt during this void. Like, something like that's really not like a void. It's called living. You know, like, so I got like a bridge back to life. But the only way I continue living and having a life is by continue staying abstinence and doing like something for my recovery. It's, it's really that simple. It's not like a big thing where like that, people like make something into like, because it's really hard for like, if you're not doing it yourself and you have a problem... The justification rationalization that comes up to you in your mind and you'll start arguing with yourself and then you put your crap out there like people tell me about my recovery that's never been in recovery how are you going to give me evidence <laughs> about something that you're not doing or ever did yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so thanks for your opinion yeah that's, that's just really a, that's opinion based right. and yeah. But some people are really hard about it. Like, some people be like, oh, you're just filling another void, and this is what you're doing, and that's what you're doing. But I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm alive. And it's and a lot of it is because people, people don't want to look at themselves, regardless if it's um, using drugs, cheating on their wife, eating six slices of pizza by themselves whoa, in their whoa, car as whoa, they're driving. Whoa. What's wrong with that? Which part? <laughs> like you're gonna get smacked. <laughs> the pizza. How the many pizza. slices do you eat tonight, kid? <laughs> but like, all that though, it doesn't matter, man. Like, it's it's all the same kind of when you look at it. But like, if you have suffered from a disease of addiction, from my experience, and <laughs> you guys see what I where I was and where I am now, you heard some of the horrific crap that I did to people and myself like somebody like when I when I first got in recovery somebody was like where I'm at now I seen that that's what I wanted I didn't care about them like like you know going like promoting something on uh, radio and stuff and TV films is actually like a big no no right it's and like I, I, I do feel some type of way about it and but <clears throat> at the same time I got to get my own evidence. You know what I mean? But when I seen somebody, it was that attraction. It wasn't about promotion. I didn't even know about it really until I, I heard somebody like, oh, I go to meetings. I'm like, okay, let's go. And he took me and like I said, and I went and I pretty much took off from there. But that when I sat there and I'm in a room full of people like me, like being in jail, they're like me. We got some kind of something going on that we don't, we can't see or touch. It's not, you know, but... It, it, it's it's a magical feeling. It, it's the only way I can describe it. And like, there's no scientific, pinpoint, perfect recovery program as long as you're trying to do something. And like, I seen the evidence in the room. There we got. There's people that are doctors, lawyers, judges, like real. You know, like you know where I work. Like that's it's amazing. Like for me doing dishes covering up my arms 90 degree a day because I have holes in them you know but like till now what I do drive a Lexus um <laughs> to now what you know where I'm at is completely different and that's the evidence that's like to me that's all I needed that's it oh he just said something that I'm going through oh she just said something I'm going through and she owns a business 
it's a good person to listen to. That's it. You know, you take them suggestions, keep an open mind. Um, you got to get honest with yourself too, man. Honesty is a big thing, you know. That void feeling thing is, I don't know, like from my evidence, I see people that done all 12 steps, like, you know what I mean? And uh, they seem very spiritual. You just see them. You just see a calmness in them, right? Um, I'm not there yet. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, my voids, I bump my head. <laughs> Shopping, eating, exercise, women. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I didn't pick up because I would lose everything I had if that ever happened. Point right. Period. I, yeah. It'd be, you know. But, like, the evidence is just so strong. Like, I, and I can look back and see it, you know. And it gives me hope. It gives me hope just seeing somebody else like me. You know what I mean? And that's all it really takes. So we we went down, like, a huge road today and um, listened to your story and like that. And we kind of talked about the past. And, like, as we're wrapping things up, like, you're, let's talk about the destination you're in. Like, where are you today? I'm blessed. I'm truly blessed. My life, <laughs> I, it, it, I can't even describe it, but I'll try. <laughs> From like, you know, where I've been and what I've been through and what I put myself through, you know. Um, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a good spot. I, I got a good job, sure, I got a nice car, but like, the blessings that I got is where, I used to go to my mom's house, right, and um, Hopefully, I get a meal out of it and five bucks for some kind of drugs, right? But today, because the way I work on myself and, you know, and I believe in something better than myself, where it put me, my mom calls me when she's going through something and I can hand her a hundred bucks. Like, something like that is, uh, that's undescribable. So, like, that's why I'm blessed. That's, that's, that's a huge thing. My nephew, like I said, I buy my nephew stuff, and we hang out. Like, he, he sleeps at my house and plays video games all night. It makes me buy him dumb crap that I really don't have the money for, but I do it anyway because I feel like I owe him a huge amends. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he, he knows it. He's 13, 14, conniving little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, hey, yeah, Uncle Matt, remember when you were a dick? Yeah, remember that five dollars? There's this my game. Bank? There's a new game that just came out. I've been looking yeah. at it. Get it for me. <laughs> it's not even pleased. No. Do and you I, want me to love you? And of course, I'm like, no, I'm not getting that. You gotta earn it. Five minutes later, look, I got you the game. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive me for being a scumbag. But well, that, that's a good way. I don't. You wanna go? No, I was just gonna say it makes. I think anybody, any good-natured person feels good when you do good for somebody else like what no matter what it is when you make somebody happy i mean that makes me happy if i you know if i help somebody out i better their situation as long as you do it for the right reason right. of course yeah you know, because of course. there's yeah. a lot of people there's out there, there that people pleasing that really you're only pleasing yourself yeah. you know you're not you're doing it trying to get some guy and you know what i mean yeah. story of my life i chase friends that were not my friends i chase drugs that didn't do me anything you know so you, you do got to look at that. And again, I have something in my life that's so positive that is helping me clear that fog, you know? So, like, you're going to bump your head no matter what. I, I slam my head against the wall on purpose sometimes. Because, like, I got something in me that just don't want to show up for shit. 
you know? Or, you know, like, again, with my mother, like, uh, she used to call me, and, like, when I was out on a run, like, you know, I was in other states <laughs> getting messed up. I wouldn't pick up the phone. And today, I pick up the phone. Right. She knows where I'm at. She knows I'm okay. And that alone is a blessing. So, like, for me, having that, no matter about the home, the car, the job, maybe the Lexus. But <laughs> <laughs> having all of that... Lexus it, is going to eat this up matter. as a commercial. It, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because I have real friends in my life. I have real relationships in my life. I have people that genuinely care about me. Like, we, I get a text message from somebody that has years clean. And and the things they, he writes, most people would be like, well, that was really lame. But to me, that's it's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, because it's so people... motivating. Right. And it's somebody that doesn't doesn't know me but knows me his whole life mm-hmm. right you know yeah, as, yeah. and and then you know where I'm at is just awesome <laughs> to answer good. your question kicks ass that's good <laughs> that's awesome to hear because like I said you, you, we've all traveled down a road you kind of went through hell and back and it's good to see where you are at today and the journey always continues man like when and <laughs> that sounds lame that I said that because it's anyway the journey always continues. Yeah, it's, it's, I got it from yeah. like a literature, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I like totally stole that. But it's it's hard not to speak like that because I'm so wrapped up in it. You oh, know? there's truth in it, right? So, but that's great though because but like we talked about like our motivational podcast that we talked about, like you're striving for stuff and your vision board's in your head and you're just knocking each one out and you're I, progressing. You know, that vision board, I write. Not to get off the topic of addiction, but that I heard that what you guys said, and like I've done that. Someone suggested it to me. Someone <coughs> lived through what I lived through. Said, "Hey, why don't you write down a five-year goal?" You know what I mean? And I did the same thing to my nephew, and he actually came up to me and like gave me his five-year goal, like what he wanted to do next year, like photography class and all this other stuff. And that's cool. It's be- powerful. Yeah, because I learned from somebody else just hearing something that was a powerful thing, you know. And uh, it's just awesome when you can get. Well, it's great. I it's grateful. I'm just grateful that I'm not in that crappy ass life. And then where I'm at today, you know, that's cool. awesome. So that's awesome. awesome. So props to you, uh, Dylan. I know you've been kind of quiet during this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I know it's kind of you learning and listening and taking it all in. But before we wrap it up, you got anything to say? I, I don't have too much to say. Yeah, I, I've been pretty quiet. I I, I don't have uh, any knowledge on any of this stuff. Like I said when I uh, started I <laughs> the the podcast, but uh, you know, it's it's very interesting to sit here and listen to it all. And uh, you know, I hope that I know I did, and I hope that anybody listening got something out of it. You know what I mean? Hope it helps somebody uh, maybe start. The step in the right direction. Yeah, I concur. Pretty much. Yeah. If anybody listening also wants to contact us, uh, because for whatever reason they think that would be the best way to figure out what to do to take the next steps, it's uh, KDJ Podcast One Five Three at Gmail dot com, and we could get you in touch pretty easily with uh, a program or anything that that you're looking for. Yeah, if, if you're struggling to find information on your own. 
definitely serious note if you know anybody or yourself please please contact them mm-hmm. we will help like this this is a serious thing yeah. especially is, in our area yeah people die man like i've been through so many funerals like three a month <laughs> sometimes what Every, was that like two months what was it four or five months ago you had like five and two people months people see me in the locker room they're like oh you're dressed nice i'm like yeah i'm going to a funeral and it's because you know the disease of addiction gets you you know and i mean they, you know, they don't reach out for that help. There's a lot of help out there. There's a lot of different avenues people can go just to get their foot in the door. Like, my story is not your story. It's not the next story. But how I stay clean could be very easily the same way someone else can stay clean and continue in life. Sweet. So, I think... Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, man. well, Absolutely. I appreciate you, Matt. Uh, thank you for especially being our first guest, but telling like an awesome kind of sad story but awesome positivity where you are now so i want to say thank you yeah i got the best life ever (laughs) driving that lexus Lexus. on that note guys thanks for tuning in to kdj podcast we are also on itunes spotify anchor and google play peace